0: Welcome to I've Tried Everything, a podcast series focusing on behavior support in schools. I'm your host, Angela Eisenberg. I'm the program manager for behavior here at the Service Center. Our special guest for the series is Melinda Marquez. Hi, Angela. Behavior is such a hot topic,
1: especially for campus leaders. When I was a principal, I was always looking for guidance around behavior. You know, I think the name of this podcast is great because, in fact, I felt like I did try everything.
0: Our goal with this series is to provide strategies and guidance for campus leaders on how to best support their campus on behavior. We'll be sharing insights, our experiences, and the things we've learned along the way. So step away from your email, grab that last cup of coffee, and let's get started. This podcast series is all about creating a positive school culture and climate. Um, When looking at your positive school culture and climate, it ties directly into what we've already talked about throughout the series of creating those multi-tiered systems of support with positive behavior, restorative practices, um, helping teachers with classroom management, and uh, how to appropriately redirect student behavior. When, Melinda, when you think about positive school culture and climate, as a principal on the campus, um, what are some things that you kept reviewing and, and looking back at to develop that?
1: You know, one of the most important things is your vision, mission, values, and the goals for your campus. And I don't think people really understand quite how important those things are. When you think about that Simon Sinek, your why, your mission and your vision is really your why.
0: It allows you all to be headed in the, in the same direction. From that Simon Sinek why, if you think about the um, the golden circle that he has drawn in his TED Talks is that we can talk a lot about what we do and how we do it, but we're not really effective on why we do what we do. And we can say, yeah, we educate students. Mm-hmm. But there's more to it. Um, when we think about getting into the profession of teaching, we didn't get into the profession of teaching for the money and the the, the claims that, you know, the being famous. We got into teaching because we love children mm-hmm. and really bringing it back to how do we create a climate on your campus that students can't wait to get to Mm -hmm. every day not only excited but feeling safe emotionally physically Psychologically, and and they want to be there, right? And you know, and each campus is different.
1: Even though you know what you just said, Angela is the underlying meaning behind those visions and missions. But really, for your campus, what is the vision for your campus? What's the mission for your campus and your kiddos? So it's so important whenever those missions and visions are are created that you have that stakeholder input. Uh, bring students in. Bring parents in. Bring community members in. Uh, of course, your staff and your administrative team. Uh, we've seen so many th- of those campus missions that envisions that kind of are there, but they're never revisited. Uh, people aren't sure what they are. They know that they're maybe on letterhead somewhere or it's, it's you know li- maybe listed on the website, but it's not really something that people
0: know and it's not integrated into their campus. And I think those mission, visions, goals translate into high expectations mm-hmm. and having high expectations for not only your students but your staff and really thinking through how are we going to make sure that we get people to the next level. Uh, that good to great idea Right. that and, and for me as a high school teacher I always thought about how do I want to make sure that I'm in, embedding the, the values, the beliefs, the, the the things that are going to make these students productive members of our society. And when I talk to elementary campuses, I think about what do these students need? How do we have high expectations for them so that when they go to middle school they have a successful transition to middle school? They have more ownership of their learning, they have more ownership of their behavior as they're moving throughout that educational system. So um, how do we, how do, Melinda, Do how do we create a shared ownership for student success?
1: You know, I think it's those high expectations, setting those high expectations for everyone on campus. You know, a question we, when I go out to campuses now in my role, I ask campus principals, um, how do you ensure that your staff has high expectations for students? And every, it doesn't fail. Every single time I ask a group of administrators or teachers at there's silence in the room. So they're trying to figure out You know, do we do that? What does that look like? We know we have high expectations, but how are we getting that information to students? How do students know that we have high expectations for them? Um, I was at a campus recently and everywhere they have, they have college banners. Um, There's college uh, pennants in the cafeteria, outside of the doors, the teachers show where they went to college, Um, they have college fairs, Uh, the the names of colleges are embedded all across the campus. But what they found out is that students didn't realize that those weren't just decorations. The students had no idea that teachers had high expectations that those students would go to college or have a career after they got out of high school. And so they had to actually say those words to the students, even though their whole school had all of the college information listed everywhere. But unless you specifically say it to the students, hey, we expect this from you, we expect that you're gonna go to college, we expect that you're gonna have a career after your your high school, after high school.
0: So it's really being really specific with those expectations. It's that connectedness and, and making sure that what we do and say are all connected together Mm -hmm. Um, and it's genuine and authentic. I think about a campus that I visited and when the bell rang for passing period every teacher was at the door shaking kids hands as they entered. It looked impressive. Um, No matter what hallway we went on that's what we saw and I had an opportunity that day to talk to students and I brought in a group of students and I asked them how do you guys feel about being greeted with a, you know a handshake whenever you come to the room and they said oh it's okay and I said what do you mean oh it's okay and they said well we think the principal just told them they had to do that and I said wow and so I said tell me some more about this so two gentlemen's names kept coming up and I said what is it about these two two teachers and they said well when they shake our hand they look us in the eye and they say our name And I was like, wow. I mean, these students knew what a genuine handshake was. They knew when it was just like a rote kind of just I'm going to shake everybody's hand. It's that connectedness. Mm -hmm. It's not just the act of doing something. It is genuinely and authentically doing what it is and, and that practice to create those those." Opportunities for high expectations, ownership, and a shared vision across campus, mm-hmm.
1: and that's why it's so important to have those teachers in in those meetings and those the vision and mission to be um, re revisited every single year. Because I know that people beginning of the year it's hard to get everyone you know to because everybody's trying to figure out beginning of year procedures. But really, revisiting your campus vision and mission are going to be high on that list to ensure that your campuses has that have has everyone heading in the same direction. I'm Melinda Marquez, and we'll get back to today's episode in just a second. If you like what you hear in this episode, hop on over to whatever platform you use and give us a rating and a review. It helps people find our podcast
0: and helps us know what we can improve upon. Thanks. Now let's get back to the show. I know that surveys are a a way to, to assess whether or not you have launched into that truly embedding those practices into everyday life what are some recommendations that you would advise for principals to on surveying your staff or students
1: you know one of the biggest things about surveys is the question of what are you gonna do with the results I've been to campuses where they survey they survey they survey but really there's it's almost like a compliance a district told the campus they had to survey so they survey but it's that next step that's going to be the most important. And it's always, you have the data, now what? Now what are you gonna do about it? When you get your voices heard, when you get the voices heard of the staff and the students, changes have to happen based on those results. Or maybe change, nothing has to happen because the real results look great. But as long as the campus, uh, the students and the staff know that you are surveying for a reason, and their voices are going to be heard, that's the most powerful use of campus surveys.
0: Would you recommend campuses survey parents?
1: Oh, absolutely. That's another piece to that. You know, you want to hear from your parents, and it's scary. As a campus principal, giving a survey is one of the scariest things you can do because you know that as much as you've tried to um, cover all your bases, you're always you're gonna have people who just aren't seeing things the way you're seeing them, and it's okay that that happens. As long as you know that, and if you're able to address those
0: concerns, then you're gonna be fine. So really what you're telling me, Melinda, is if I have a clear mission, vision, and uh, focus for the campus, I really think through having high expectations and a shared ownership, and that we've embedded that and, and we've reflected on it, we've taught staff that, and then we've used it in our language, our approach with students and staff, and then we've surveyed to see where we're at. Would that get us to where we want to go with positive school culture and you know, I think
1: it's a great start, absolutely. You know, all the other things we've been talking about in this podcast really tie in to this. That's maybe the, the what and the how to get
0: to a positive school culture. If I wanted to learn more about positive school culture and climate, are there things that you do here at the Service Center? Um, that helps support folks. We do. We have trainings on the Effective Schools Framework. You know, positive school
1: culture is the prioritized lever three. There's a lot of districts and campuses out there who involve who are uh, highly involved in the Effective Schools Framework. So they know all about lever three and the different levers. But we do a full day training on the Effective Schools Framework. And the Effective Schools Framework is really just um, a statewide vision. On best practices there's nothing in this framework that somebody would look at and say oh my goodness that is amazing I've never thought of that these are just evidence-based best practices in an organized manner
0: Wow, it's great that there's a guide now for people to kind of look back and say, are we on the right track? Are we doing what we need to do instead of trying to piecemeal things together along the way? So I'm interested to learn more about this effective school framework. So hopefully you branch off and do some podcasts around that because I would love to hear more about that. Oh, That sounds like a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you guys very much for joining us in this series of I've Tried Everything. I'm your host, Angela Eisenberg. And I'm Melinda Marquez. And we Thank you so much for joining us and being on this venture through our podcast series of I've Tried Everything. If you've liked what you've heard, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us. Have a great day.